Today on episode 121 of the Home of Play podcast, the first photos of PSVR 2 has been revealed, Sony is launching gaming gear aimed at PC players, and Corey Barlog insists that God of War Ragnarok's release date is still on track for 2022. All that and much more. We're scraping the bottom this week, let's get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 121 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-support podcast. We don't include in that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the monster under the bed about the show, and that they can find us in all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, it's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause with the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the news that we scraped from the bottom of the ocean this week uh you know we had all our conferences and as is tradition uh not a lot usually leaks out after that so we're just gonna get through what happened i mean there's stuff here let's face it i did i did the work but um before we get to all that exciting tantalizing news let's start with what our also non-exciting past week has been (laughs) yeah it hasn't uh Hasn't been the greatest of weeks, uh, not in any particularly bad re- reason. It's just no time for games. Uh, and I've been building myself up to playing uh, Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age, uh, but I haven't actually turned it on yet. So console-wise, I haven't. I don't think I've played anything on the console this week. Um, it's been a little bit cooler out this week, so I did get some PC stuff in. Uh, I've been playing a lot of team fight tactics. It just kills time, like insane amount of time. Like each match is like probably thirty minutes, so it's it's fun. Random random buddies jump on. They'll do a match or two, and then they'll jump off, and I'll keep going. I got nothing better to do. So lots of League of Legends team fight tactics. Uh, a little bit of PUBG actually. Uh, I was bored. Uh, <laughs> let's let's be honest. Uh, played a little bit of Raft. Uh, these are all games we've talked about in the past. Uh, Raft has got, I think, a new chapter out to their story. So, n- not that I did the new chapter stuff. We just started a new game, so it's it's fun. Um, one of my groups of buddies, we restarted our Divinity: Original Sin two campaign. We all picked characters. Uh, now that we had the first trial of you know just play testing the game, it's like okay, now they know what characters they want to be. So. We started up some new characters, did some of the intro stuff. Not much there. It was just like a couple hours one night. So looking forward to jumping into that. The only other news that's worthy for me, uh, I'm a big fan of a Nintendo game called Ogre Battle. Uh, I know that might be out of left field, but it's a really good strategy tactical style game. Uh, and I don't know, just, I, I was so young when I played it. I felt like I got smart strategy wise playing it. And I've been trying to find something to fill that gap in my life. 
for it's not something that's I haven't seen it repeated really before like there's tactics games like Final Fantasy Tactics and there's Ogre Battle even did kind of their a tactics ogre game um it's similar but not quite the same thing uh so it hasn't really scratched that itch for me so I essentially went online just saying hey was there any games that are like similar to Ogre Battle and surprisingly enough, uh, there was a message on one of the uh, threads that I was reading. It said, hey, a game just came out in June called Symphony of War, the Nephilim Saga. So I looked it up, started watching videos of it. I'm like, okay, this is very, very sim- similar to Ogre Battle. Other, the only difference is, is like it's more turn-based, where it's enemies move their stuff, then you move your stuff. Whereas Ogre Battle was like everything was happening at the same time. Uh, and the combat's very similar in its style. Uh, it reminds me of a couple other games I played way back when. But I, I, I only just before we started recording the podcast turned it on. I did like the very first uh, battle scenario. I'm liking it already. I'm looking forward to like getting an army and like customizing my units and my teams, my squads. Uh, so I'm looking forward to ju- definitely jumping into that one. But other than that, yeah, I didn't get very much gaming in this week. Um, at some point, I, I really, if I don't get through Mass Effect 3, I feel like I, it's going to be put on the back burner. It's like I got to force myself to finish it at this point just to, just to get that last trophy and be done with it and free up like 90 gigs on the hard drive. But I feel like if I don't do it, it's just not going to get done. So That's pretty much been my gaming week thus far. So... Uh, how about yourself? Did you get any in this week? I know you've been busy too. Okay, so uh, posted on the 13th of June, which was last month, Tactics Ogre Reborn seemingly, seemingly leaks ahead of official reveal, apparently being published by Square Enix, and some people are speculating that it could be a re-release or remake of, uh, ooh, what was the previous one? Uh, oh, it was Tactics Ogre Let Us Clean yeah, Together. I have that one on my uh, Vita. Uh, my problem is I don't play a lot of mobile games, or I don't necessarily mean mm-hmm. phone games, just games you would play mo- mobily. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, th- yeah it's honestly, this is probably a series that you would probably like because I think you were a pretty big fan of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's very. Uh, no. Uh, I I I was a fan of the concept of it. I hated the level oh, scaling. Okay. I thought it broke the game, especially because you know my long lineage yeah. of Final Fantasies. They they usually allow you to like choose your difficulty by if you want to grind or you want to just like it. you know hit almost the like a painful wall of difficulty by not trying to right. level at all. Uh, I just remember, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics. Everyone always talked about it. I think I finally was able to play it on the PSP. I think it was the PSP or the Vita. I can't remember. And I hated it. I was uh, just, I remember going to go grind because I was having problems with the boss. And uh, I went to grind. I came back and he was like three times more powerful. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, no. This is like what Fall yeah. Fantasy 8 tried. And I'm like, here we go. So I quickly left it. I'm like, man, there's so many. I know this is blasphemy, but essentially, I, yeah, I just thought just felt lesser than because of the scaling system than you know something like front mission three which i loved or just yeah, i'm not sure if these ones like... have that same built-in scaling mechanism i don't 
all. I really hope not, because I've heard people always compare. It's like, oh, I need another Final yeah. Fantasy Tactics game. Like, oh, maybe this will be close. And I'm like, if it's close, then I'm yeah. already out. Like, I'm other just than the, the tactical aspect of it, uh, I was not. I had FF Tactics, but I never. It didn't grab me as much. I don't, I'm not sure why, which is weird because it's like I like XCOM and all those types of games, and they're they got the mm-hmm. same gists. But yeah, Tactics Ogre is is good, at least the one that I have on the Vita. It's just one of those things where it's like I don't play games mobily, and it, this isn't. It's not Ogre Battle. Like it's it's got characters and like the class system from Ogre Battle, which is is good, but it doesn't play the same as the original Ogre Battle. But no, it's yeah. exciting. Well, hopefully the if there's a remake and you can not have to play <sighs> mobile, nice. hopefully there it's was to an your N64 version know, too, like... which I think was supposed to be a a sequel or at least a different version of the game. And apparently it yeah. was decent, but I never had an N64. I think that was supposed to be a remake of the Probably. first one, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they just called it Ogre Battle 64, yeah, yeah. if I remember. They had well, it had a sub like name though. Thing that came out for the N64 just yeah, put it was Ogre Battle 64, it. and then it was like. Heroes of something, but I I can't remember what. Mm. It might have been a, a yeah. straight on remake. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I thought it was slightly different. But I've been feeling like I want to play one of those games again. So I like even us just talking about like the disguise oh, yeah, or something. Cool. I'm like, should just go back. You know, I never beat them, but I'm like, I always have a good time with them, regardless. Just because again, I do like the tactics. I'm like, or do I start up my PS3 again? Cause that's the only way to get real PS1 classics. And I think I saw front mission three on there and I'm like, yeah, I could always start that up again. I love the front mission games. I, uh, they, they went on a little too long. Like it's kind of funny how we complain about how long games yeah. are now and this or that. But it's like, when you go back to some of those PS1 classics, like, man, they can be ridiculously long. Like I remember front mission just, I put hours and hours, and there's just more and more. And maybe those types of games you can just yeah. pack in so much extra. But it was just another yeah, was series too that people were comparing oh. to was the Fire Emblem series. But I never. Mm. I've always heard those good are always things, Nintendo, right? I don't have yeah. anything Nintendo, and in my I don't house, think they. Yeah. There might be an old one that was Super Nintendo, but I don't remember what it was. So if it did exist, I feel like it was after the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So I've heard that one compared to a lot, like for good strategy stuff. But yeah, I just never had the systems yeah. for it. So. Maybe I missed out on that one. But yeah, going back to what I did last week, uh, like yourself, extremely busy because of all the stuff that's happened and having car issues, and work issues. And oh my gosh, it's just been another fun. So yeah, basically today was the only gaming I got in. I played a few more chapters of Mafia Definitive Edition, having a good time. I think I'm starting to realize that this is not an open world. This is very like mission-based and you start in your chapter you have an objective you finish it and on to the next one a little disappointing but you know let's face it if they didn't have anything for you to do in the meantime which clearly they didn't then it just be pointless i guess to walk around um so it's like you know it's a it's a pro and a negative like it does make the narrative a little more stronger like they're definitely leaning on the story itself and that can be a good thing. So I'm still enjoying it. I mean, like I said last week, it wears its age. So I just feel like the combat's a little like sluggish. The melee is not great. I think some of the level designs are, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? But they, 
they're wearing thin on me a couple of times where I just feel like, they're, like and even like the health system I hate like it's more traditional for sure but like you just have your health bar and there's no regeneration like you just have to hope that you survive long enough to find the next uh health pack or something and I, I hate that like that's the one thing I don't miss from the past but other than that I wish I would have got to more Final Fantasy 9 I've been feeling the pull I want to play that I you know you know me I love my traditional Final Fantasies and I'm a little sad I didn't get more time for that but hopefully this weekend I will and then uh, I'll be a happy boy other than that yeah I don't know you've got me on the lookout though I might be looking for a tactical Ooh. game soon uh I cleaned up my office studio whatever you want to call it and I have everything running the way I wanted to, kind of. I've had a few issues, as you know, with the computer today, and I think that's partly because I connected uh, my TV that's in my office to my new computer, so it has, like, the three monitors working at once, but I think that caused a few sound issues because then the TV wants to take the sound even when it's not on, and it drives me nuts, but now that I have everything cleared out, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I have my PS3 in here. I could set it up easily, and then this could be my, you know, PS1 classic zone since uh, I only have a 1080p monitor in here or TV in here anyway. So, so Chris, that's a small summary from both of us. But uh, unfortunately, you know, it's summer. What do you want from me? And uh, we're going to move on to some actual news. So let's get into this. EA gets destroyed for trying to meme about single player games on Twitter. This one comes from Push Square. EA's Twitter account tweeted the following. There are 10, but they only like playing single-player games. Wow, that's a, that's a tweet. So anyway, they tweeted that. Internet's on fire. Nobody enjoyed seeing that. Uh, I think it was like a play on a meme that didn't work out well for them. And apparently, uh, some response to it was uh, a big dunk, apparently from a former EA and Visceral Games developer, Zach Mumbach. Uh, who quoted the first tweet and said, this is the company that shut down my studio and laid off 100 great developers because we were making a single-player game. Well, that's a pretty good dunk. And uh, me and Chris, I mean, I, I mean, anyone that's aware of EA, we've seen how they've fallen uh, a few years back and they went all into multiplayer, single-player, you know, there's no future for this. And it's just such a stupid direction they went in. And I mean, they do seem to be trying to correct that, um, you know, with Respawn, honestly, the most, uh, using them to make single player games. And seeing the success now, you know, now we're getting Dead Space coming back, the remake. Um, so they are trying to course correct, but it's still just the timing of this tweet is like, man, are you still that, like, you know, not, not yeah. aware of the not situation? Not aware of who's in the room. <laughs> cognizant of the current state of things especially with your company so it's like i don't know for me again i think before we were recording i talked about this i'm super biased because i primarily only play single player games and not that i'm going to say i'm a 10 but um yeah i basically only play single player games and i don't think there's a problem with that i think they're some of the best games of our mm -hmm. medium like they're the champions and I just like that they focus on everything that there should be there. It's not just gameplay. It's not just one element. It has to be everything. Where multiplayer games, at least in my opinion, they can fall solely on gameplay, like a Call of Duty. It's like, hey, we got the first-person mechanics down. 
like it's solid let's just do that and now we don't have to worry about cutscenes, characters development story any of that stuff nope just let's solely go on this and then hope we make a few microtransaction dollars down I wish the line the publishers didn't have as much power as they do like in the industry because all they all the big publishers care about to be honest is is the bottom line making the money that they just want to make the money whereas it's so nice to see these uh i won't even say smaller companies but you could see the passion from a lot let's say indies but even some other games like even visceral games to be honest it's like they just want to make good games and have people really have fun playing those games. I mean, yeah, they want to make enough money to pay their staff and hopefully make a little bit of extra money to make a, a new game or a sequel or stuff like that. That's what they care about for the most part. And that's the the companies I want to support in regards to like single player multiplayer. I, I, I dabble in both for sure. I probably have had, it's different, right? It's like when you play multiplayer, you get your enjoyment from playing with your friends mostly. Even if it's a shitty multiplayer game and there's like, like it just makes you laugh because it's so bad, but because you're playing with friends, it's that much better, right? Single player is probably I've had more of the emotional uh story reactions and stuff from from single player games, the ones that, you know, hit you right in the feels. And it's like I've had those moments with more single player games than multiplayer. I just for like God of War, like that's like a great single player game. Like the first Last so many. of Us, like yeah, Last of Us. Oh, I mean, man, this is huge it's moments. funny that they say dumb stuff like this, but it's like now that you've kind of pointed out, I'm like, is this not why PlayStation has been on top for the last three generations? Yeah, because they have more of these single players. A lot of the multiplayer games on PlayStation are the ones that like the the game companies that are putting those games on all the systems. Mm-hmm right third party so it's yeah like call of duties battlefields all that kind of stuff star wars battlefront all that they're hitting all the systems so like they're still sony's still able to benefit from that because hey they're allowed on our system but sony is at least reinvesting the money back into like more or at least a majority of the single player experiences yeah i mean maybe the biggest multiplayer one would have been little big planet probably but it's like that's still more four-player couch co-op than it was probably played online with randos. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I won't spend too much time on this one, but EA, yeah, check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. So moving on, Skate 4 pre-pre-pre-alpha footage shown off and playtesting announced. This one comes from VGC. EA has shown some new footage, which it is calling pre-pre-pre-alpha of the next entry in the Skate franchise. The footage, which can be viewed not below, shows a wireframe version of the new open world that the next Skate game will take place in. Later in the video, more finalized graphics are shown with a disclaimer reading that those sections are pre-pre-alpha. The new trailer shows off new traversal elements that weren't in previous games, such as jumping between ledges, the trailer also implies that a number of players that will be able to skate together will be largely increased. Chris, I think yeah. we talked about skate. We both have decent feelings about it. And I it's not a coincidence that I put these two articles back to back. They're both EA published, all that stuff. Um, so we started with a negative. This one is positive to me. I'm actually I watched the trailer. I'm more excited now than not. I do like it. It's giving me those underground vibes mm-hmm. that we talked about last week where I saw someone just wall running 
like no skateboard, yeah. just wall running. Parkour. Uh, you know, people swinging between bars. I saw people jumping building a building. Hopefully it's not just like a reel of like ideas, not so much things that are going to actually get implemented. But, uh, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm super excited for this game. I, uh, I, I actually enjoy the trailer immensely. I want to play this game. Um, and honestly, it's something that I, now that I see more of it, I'm like, ah, man, this is so many vibes from all the good experiences in my past that I'm like, maybe I will buy this like full price when it comes out. Like, it just be a fun game to just kind of go get into and you don't have to think too deep. You turn your brain off and you just have a good time. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious who, uh, came up with the term pre, pre, pre alpha. Was it VGC or was it, uh, EA or <laughs> whoever was working? I believe yeah, it was like, EA. Come on. There's a technical term you can use. Like it's either alpha or it's not, it's still in development. If it's pre, 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 pre alpha, it's just, <laughs> I think it's a tongue-in-cheek way of trying to get away yeah, from any don't criticisms judge us that yet. might come from people being like, oh, that doesn't look that But that didn't it's seem like, that bad. Well, a lot but of it I didn't. Mean, but they did show some final, like yeah. what I, yeah, I assume what they hope the final will look like, and I had yeah. no issue with those. I'm interested in it. I'm curious about the multiplayer aspect. I think the, some of the previous ones, I think, had four-player multiplayer, from what I recall. So it's seeing like... Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember if that was just like if you could play with random people online or if it was just friends only type thing. I don't remember if there was like lobbies. It, it was a long time ago. I'm sure yeah, so that'd be interesting one. to run around like a skate park with other people as long as it's not too overcrowded where yeah. you're like bumping into each other. Although that could be funny too. So <laughs> just just start hitting yeah. each other's skateboards. Skate bike. Skate bike. Turns out just like everyone. Everyone's just getting GTA decimated. Six. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you imagine you just turn around and all of a sudden this wheel hits you in the mouth it's like oh that hurts so good so we're gonna move on new stranger of paradise fall fantasy origin expansion trailer is as chaotic as you'd expect this one comes from game informer stranger of paradise fall fantasy origin is getting an expansion called trials of the dragon king the dlc includes new gear jobs and enemies to fight Strangers of Paradise Fallen Fantasy Origins first DLC expansion, Trials of the Dragon King, drops on July 20th for PS5, Xbox X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, there you go. If you're interested in this, there's a trailer online. I mean, it's hard to even call a trailer. It's fairly short. Uh, it doesn't really tell me anything, but maybe I need to be in the know. Maybe I need to play the base game before I'd even get an idea what's going on. Um, but there you go. I have no interest in this. Not even trying to slight the game. I just, uh, yeah. as I've talked about many times, I don't like Souls-like games. It, it has to be from software, and that's not just being a fanboy. It's just something that from software, the worlds they build interest me more. And not always. Sekiro didn't interest me at all. I hated Sekiro. I think it's their worst game by far, and there's probably plenty of people in the world right now that could disagree with me, But that's and that's fine. But for me, it's like Dark Souls is Dark Souls. Bloodborne... Close second for me. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Bloodborne, but I just, there's something about those Souls games and Elden Ring. I just, I can play them a million times. I love the worlds. The look aesthetically, it pleases me. And there you go. So if you're interested in this, get it. Chris, I believe you, I'm probably not going to no. see you playing if this online. If the base game didn't so. interest me, I'm not too much in the, the caring of the DLC. Unfortunately, this one did not pull either of us. The story just, eh gameplay yeah. i think you tried the demo of it 
but it, you I were tried impressed, the Taiwan. I really so didn't like it. I didn't even try it no. after your opinion of it because if anybody's gonna know Souls and Final Fantasy, it's you. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, it's yeah, me. There's so right? like yeah, oh, moving on. Like, this isn't Souls. Yeah, this isn't Final Fantasy. What the hell are we doing here? First photo of the PSVR two in the flesh emerges. This one comes from Push Square. It's been a while since we last learned much about the PSVR two. Sony did spotlight a handful of games during a recent state of play that we talked about. But outside of that, the firm has been following its usual marketing strategy, radio silence. That's what makes this photograph somewhat fascinating. Then it's the first time we've seen the Japanese giant's new headset in the flesh. Indeed, all previous photos of PSVR 2 have been professional product shots published by the platform holder. But here we get to see the product casually resting on a leather office chair. The image was uploaded by BitPlanet Games, but has since been deleted, despite the firm initially insisting it had not broken any NDAs. We suspect it'll be getting a stern letter from Sony's legal team shortly. So there you go. That's a small article. Uh, you know, not a lot to dive into here, it but exists. it looks neat. The controllers seem large, which is good in my opinion. But what I yep. think stood out to me the most is the simplicity of it all. It doesn't look like there's a lot of, there's two controllers. They're wireless. You have a headset, one cord, boom, done. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I get that there's still people out there that are very passionate about, no, like it needs to be wireless. But from everything I hear, you know, not being the biggest tech guy, but, you know, I know enough to at least hold my own in a conversation. And from everyone I've listened to and heard of talk about this, it seems like an impressive VR headset. So yeah, if it still needs a cable, I can kind of understand why, because they are trying to push sure. the boundaries. And yeah. that makes me okay. As long as it's one cable and you don't have that stupid box like we had in the original one and all these complicated yeah, issues, I, I'm i totally okay with this. It looks so easy. It all fit in a little office chair. Great. Fantastic. It's hard, too, because it's like, it's hard to judge comfort, but looking at it, it looks like something that would be comfortable. It looks like home. I feel safe. It looks like home. <laughs> it looks not like the home. home of play podcast. Thank you. No, not that kind of home. Not that. Home. But There's it no did. Uh, it, it just looked like something that'd be comfortable to put on my face, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like the other headsets, like the first version of the system is not. It's not uncomfortable, but it, it looks like this new one just looks like it. It sits on your head better it, i don't know it's maybe i'm just judging it out of my ass but i mean it, you're it judging off of like comfortable. A one picture that we yeah got, right like, yeah and comparing it to like what i have mm -hmm. like from the first version it the first version looks a little bit slightly more clunkier than that version so i don't know it's all judgment we'll see it we'll, we're, i think you and i are both going to get one so yeah then we can uh play with it then exactly and i look forward to it hopefully spring next year so, Chris, next. July's free PlayStation Plus games include Crash Bandicoot 4 and more. This one comes from Game Informer. Just a short one here. Let's go test the, let's go test the editors at uh, Game Informer right here. Ah, First sentence. Yes. Let's do this. Yes. Here we go. Don't, don't, don't miss it, guys. Don't blink. The June 2022 <laughs> PlayStation Plus lineup of free games has arrived, and it's quite a good one. Like, really? Yep. Really? Like, you, it's just June. like, it's the first, the second word in the entire article. Oh, it's just a typo, Steve. The, the, and, like, I get it. LY. It's a small thing. But, like, again, this is always my passion about, like, this is what editors were supposed to do back in the day. Small things that got through like this, they get a reread, 
they get it changed. That's, you know, literally the definition of an editor. And then it gets fixed. No one could catch this. He goes back and like, you know, I always clip the articles and all that fun stuff to save time and make her heads not bleed. But it goes on later to even talk about like, Enough about June, though. Let's get back to July. And I'm like, enough about June? Are you sure? Because uh, it seems like you really have fixated on June specifically. <laughs> Some of your best memories apparently came from June because you will not move on. Yes. Just as a, a note to everybody listening, we typically get these articles from all these websites. Um, and that's why we sometimes we Sometimes we do ad lib uh, better, more words. Yeah. <laughs> no, better, more words. Like, just make it sound more, you know, human, casual, like actually me telling you a story as opposed to because sometimes they're just not quite right. And I'm not picking on Game Informer spe- spe- specifically uh, there. It's all of them. <laughs> like yeah. There's some are a little worse than others, but it's it's just this is push why you had that. Usually that's why I, even when I told you, I thought I said it was Push Square and then. I came up to him like, oh, it was Game Informer this time. And I could, I could definitely admit we're not the ones with the words in the English and the man. Oh, no, for sure. But you could probably but, write a book about all the things I've missed and words yeah, I've misused. I, for sure. For sure. But we know how to read for the most part, I, I, like for words that we understand. Uh, and there's times where we have to tweak some of the verbiage to make it make sense. Anyway, the June 2022 <laughs> PlayStation games lineup. Uh, of free games has arrived and it's quite a good one featuring crash bandicoot 4 it's about time which is i think a newish right that's a new one the dark pictures anthology man and madan and arcade getting so that's not a bad list i mean i think you and i both already have man and madan yep just the dark anthology hasn't pulled us enough to do it mm-hmm. but i think the big one there is the crash bandicoot that's probably gonna hit be picked up by quite a few people because I think that's a I don't know I always get a nostalgia kick from that even though I never played a lot of Bandicoot but yeah it's nostalgia I'm not it's a old Sony nostalgia at all just because yeah, I always either. thought the concept was broken like you run towards the screen it's stupid um it's just bad yeah. design like I I don't know I guess some people learn to like it it's kind of like my idea about alcohol and how people choose to enjoy it it's not that they actually enjoy it it tastes like shoe polish and you know some paint varnish and all that stuff (laughs) um but you know you do it enough and you just convince yourself that you enjoy it and to this day i still don't understand but whatever fine that's what perspective am i playing as yeah (laughs) and that that was always been my thing is like man you must choose to enjoy that kind of camera work i don't have nothing against crash as a character he's like whimsical cool fine um but i mean if you were to compare him to any other of the mascot platformers i feel like he's the weakest in my opinion and i know that's a bold opinion you know maybe that's a hard take which i'm known for anyway so shouldn't be that surprising but yeah i just i look at this lineup and although the article claims it's a good month i look at this and i'm like well i you know yes we have man of a dance we're kind of like we're just not, you know, that enthused by that announcement because we already had it. Okay, sure. But just playing it a little too, I'm like, I don't think that many people are going to be, you know, to have one two-hour game versus like the whole, you know, the Dark Pit- Pictures anthologies. There's multiple, right? So just to get one, I'm like, eh, that just seems almost like a free, like, hey, like, try this. And then maybe you'll buy the other one. So it just seems more like a promotion than anything. Arcade to get in 
that's not going to be for me either. So I don't know. It, yeah, I had to look it up. It looks like it's just like a team-based shooter. I think it uh, looks like it's mostly PVE. Okay. So I had to look it up because there you go. Just, so I, I just none yeah. of this speaks to me at all. I I don't even think I'd be adding these to my library. Honestly, not not to mention downloading. I I do as an instinct. No, and I know a lot of people do. You could criticize me for spending money on PlayStation Plus as a whole and not doing that, but. I like to, you know, put my foot down and uh, I stand the line and I just won't add these things. And a little bit of me hopes that Sony sees that and like, man, why is he adding these games? I'm like, yeah, because you keep adding garbage games. Like, you know, wake me up when you add something I actually want to put in my library. Not something I'm going to be embarrassed about years from now. But anyways, uh, the big note there is you could add each of these games to your library starting July 5th and they'll be available until August 1st because that's how it's been working with PlayStation Plus for the beginning of time. Yes. And those are, again, if people are still confused, base level PlayStation Plus essentials, that's yours as well. It's not anything to do with that. It's a July game. Yeah. Yes. Like the article implies. Okay. Star Ocean The Divine Force launches in October. This one comes from IGN. Square Enix and Tri-Ace have announced that Star Ocean The Divine Force will launch on October 27th globally for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S. We also got two new trailers for the game. Players will have the choice to pick between the two characters and gain unique perspectives from both. The battle system seems to have gone through an overhaul. Characters now expend AP to perform special attacks. The transition from the field into a battle is seamless. Four characters can participate in battle at any time. Star Ocean the Divine Force also has a more open world structure and characters will be able to glide across landscapes and jump between roofs of buildings. More details about the game will be revealed later. Sort of sounds like Genshin Impact. Well, honestly, everything you just said, AP, combos, all that stuff, this is 100% like they're just becoming the Tales series, especially the last one, Tales of Arise. I, that was all about combos and AP points, and then if you would use the AP points correctly in longer combos, you could gain those AP points back, which this game does as well. Like that's literally one of the defining uh, things they put in there. And I'm just like, okay, so you're trying to be more like tails and that's all fine. And I'm excited for more RPGs, JRPGs specifically, except this game looks like dog shit. I've never seen a worse style in my life. Their faces scare the bejesus on me. I'd rather have a bunch of cabbage patch dolls running around and they'd be less just terrifying in general i i don't know like it's the weirdest thing i've seen a long time i think the graphics themselves are fine just these faces chris they're devoid of any life and soul it is (laughs) just off-putting to say the least yeah i don't have too much of an opinion on this i know star ocean's a pretty popular series Uh, i think i have one or two buddies that have played some of them uh but for me it never they never grabbed me for whatever reason there's always other rpgs that i was into so i think there was a ps2 one i really enjoyed but yeah i haven't had my yeah, hands yeah i think on that, too that was the good yeah. ones i think yeah but otherwise yeah it's uh it sounds like any other rpg i don't know i i guess i am it's hard for me to get hyped when it says square enix lately so i just i, I it's not grabbing me when i see that because they've had so many stumbles so my faith is already too low at this point Mm -hmm. but we'll move on upcoming need for speed avatar games reportedly release in november this one comes from push square 
Tom Henderson, a fairly reliable reporter with some inside information, wrote about all the Ragnarok business over on Expooter. But he brings up a couple of other games. Towards the end of his report, Henderson mentions the upcoming Need for Speed title, allegedly subtitled Unbound, as well as Ubisoft's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. I think you and I are both excited about that Mm -hmm. one. He matter-of-factly states their intended release dates. NFS is targeting 4th of November, while Avatar title is allegedly launching on the 18th of November. So again, these are all rumors. Interesting dates. Yeah. Interesting dates, because that's the Call of Duty window usually. So usually they try to give a good birth. Well, I'm wondering (laughs) if, like, because I thought um, the new Call of Duty is actually the end of October now. Sorry, it's November 10th, so you're correct. Yeah, okay, so I guess I'm totally wrong. I, you're right. It's right in the Call of Duty's Avenue. Um, it's in this little window there. Um, so dangerous, uh, dangerous stuff here. But I'm also wondering if companies are getting a little more in the know about, you know, is it the same thing releasing two games at the same time actually that impactful when they are not the same genre? Yeah, I me i don't think because if you're releasing call of duty and like not that they're the exact same date but let's say if you are call of duty and uh avatar game day and date same day i'm still only going to buy one of these and it's avatar i don't care about call of duty i haven't in a long time um there you go so it's like you can still win like i don't always think you're tearing your fan base apart by releasing these no i don't think so like i i would say a good like a good one would be like Call of Duty and like Battlefield. Yeah, that. Yeah, like you I don't would definitely do that. put those like six months apart. Well, that was like that year that EA, being the geniuses they are, released yeah. uh, their Activision released Call of Duty, and then they released Titanfall two and Battlefield around all of the, around the same time. All three of those games. Yeah, though you're definitely competing for what games being played at that yeah. point. Because it's just that's just the market you're going. But for. these three so games, like they're all three different genres. Very different, yeah. So I'm Very like, different. I hope, I just, I think I added this article mainly to stress that, like, if any of these rumors are true, November actually could be a lot better than I was thinking it was going to be originally. Yeah. But a lot of these I'm concerned about, because we're not used to an industry that doesn't talk about games, like, for yeah. this long, and then to have their releases be so sudden. Uh, I mean, this is what I've always wanted to happen. Uh, I think I've always been a to proponent be of... Yeah, I love surprise drops that you don't have to wait two years for. I hate when we get a trailer. And yes, some of the trailers are for games that we're super passionate about, but it's like to just at the end be told two years later. Well, that sucks. I I don't think anyone gets, you know, that takes away some of the excitement points. But like, I don't love this series. But when Fallout did it for Fallout 4 and they showed it, revealed it, no one was even talking about a 4 then all of a sudden you could see it. You're like, oh man, I can't wait to play this. Wait, holy shit, in six months? And it's like, yeah, you can play this in six months. That's the way to do it. I've always been a fan of that. And if they do it with these, if they do it with God of War, I mean, God of War, they kind of already tripped and fell a couple of times saying it was going to be 2021 in general. Uh, So, you know, they lose a few points, but if they wait, we'll get, we'll touch on that later. I'm getting way far ahead of myself here. Yeah, But I mean, like you're right about Ubisoft, the Avatar game. Like that one, we've had rumblings of it, mm. but if they're saying it's going to come out in November, that's a pretty big surprise that's a for huge me. Huge surprise. Because I was thinking that game was still like pff, at least a year. Uh, yeah, honestly, minimal. I was thinking like end of next year at the earliest. Yeah. Need for Speed, it's not something that I'm tracking on my clock. So 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like if it's if it's Need for Speed and it's somehow even similar to Hot Pursuit, then you have my interest. If it's not, me. Yeah. Me. Okay, we're going to move on. Hideo Kojima put a project on hold because the concept was too similar to The Boys. This one comes from Game Informer. In a new series of tweets first spotted by Video Games Chronicle, Kojima has revealed that at one point in the past, likely 2019, which is when the first season of The Boys aired, he was making something similar in concept to The Boys. In fact, he put it on hold because of its similarity. I guess these are the tweets. Uh, The Boys, which I quit after three episodes of season one, I thought I'd watch the rest of the show. Actually, I watched a few episodes that were delivered at the time when I was about to start a project I had been warming up for a long time and put on hold because the concept was similar. A buddy male slash female thing with a special detective squad facing off against legendary heroes behind the scenes. I was thinking of Mads as the lead, and I assume he's referring to Mads Mikkelsen, uh, an amazing actor. Oh my God, Hannibal. What a good show up until the third season. Uh, it seems Kojima was making something that ended up being too similar to the boys. However, there are a lot of Kojima and the boys fans that really want the director to return to this idea, including Homelander actor Anthony Starr, who replied with second that notion to a tweet from the boys writer and producer Eric Kripke that says, please come make the boys the game. We can team up and conquer (laughs) huge fan, by the way. Um, that's never going to happen, cool. but that would be super cool. No. It's really nice of them to say all that good stuff about Hige- uh, Hideo Kojima. Um, the, I guess the other thing is I would have loved to see him try this anyway. Like who cares if the boys is out? Uh, yeah. it's still, it's getting done more and more about having bad superheroes, but I just don't think many have done it right besides the boys and maybe invincible. Um, but I would I would love to see like again this just seems like another thing that Kojima hasn't really done like an action game and a, like a superhero world and all that kind of stuff. I feel like sometimes he's too in his head, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like where it's like it's like he probably has so many good ideas and thoughts, yeah. but then he like talks himself out of them. And it's like ah, oh, it's like please just 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 give us anything, <laughs> just write it down and put it on a tweet or yeah. something. It's like, we'll take anything. I think this one would but... hit me harder if we didn't kind of know that he's working on a horror game, which I'm more excited yeah. about. So then I'm like, okay, I'll let this yeah. one down because you're giving me this something else slack. I actually want. <laughs> I'm yeah. selfish. But yeah, it's it would have been interesting. That's for sure. I'm a fan of the boys. I still have to watch the third season. Oh, man, you got to get on that. It's so good. Did it finish yet? Or is there one episode uh, left still? Next Friday. Next Friday. Okay. I'll blast through it once it's all. So good. But I'm excited to watch it because I, I just love the first season. Second season was... Not as good, but pretty close. I enjoyed the opinion, second so. season. Again, it's the buildup of like how on. We're we're a gaming podcast. What am I talking about here? Um, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, Bernie Stoller, former president of Sega. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, former president of Sega of America and SCEA uh, co-founder dies at 75. This one comes from IGN. Uh, unfortunate to hear but uh i'll give you a little description if you don't know the legend uh bernie stoller the former president of sega of america and one of the founding members of sony computer entertainment america has died at the age of 75 at scea stoller was the first executive vice president and was responsible for helping secure the launch lineup for the original playstation among others stoller helped sign such franchises as crash bandicoot ridge racer odd world inhabitants Spiral the Dragon, and Battle Arena Toshiden. 
Uh, while it seemed that he was a big player at Sony, he would exit the job and choose to move over to Sega as there was always a constant fear that he would get fired. Uh, he was also one of those in charge of developing and launching the Dreamcast and was the one who led the acquisition of visual concepts and helped create 2K Sports. Uh, he would stay at the company until 1999 after an argument with Japan and joined Mattel, which then apparently led him to making uh, some Barbie games and so on like that. But uh, either way, what a legend, uh, what a career, honestly, and uh, just unfortunate to hear. Yeah, he uh, definitely left his mark on on the gaming industry as a whole, uh, definitely with Sony and uh, Sega. So, yeah, this is... Uh... Sad day, sad day. But yeah, he uh, had an interesting life from what it looks like. So we're going to move on to some of the bigger articles, starting with Sega's looking to adapt Atlas games for live action TV and movies, including Persona. This one comes from IGN. In an exclusive reveal to IGN, Sega says that expanding storytelling forms is a new and important part of Sega's overall business strategy. This is why Sega is opening up Atlas critically acclaimed library of games, which includes series like Shin Megami Tensei, Persona, and Catherine, to potential live-action film and TV adaptations. Atlas worlds are filled with high-drama, cutting-edge style, and compelling characters, says Toru Nakahara, uh, Sega's lead producer on the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movies and Sonic Prime TV series. Stories like those from the Persona franchise really resonate with our fans, and we see an opportunity to expand the lore like no one has seen or played before. Nakahara, who is also Sega's head of entertainment productions for film and TV ads, together Sega and Atlas are working to bring these stories and worlds to life through new mediums and for new audiences. Sega didn't confirm which production companies it's interested in working with, other than to say that it is currently exploring live-action film and TV projects with various studios and producers. Chris, Persona live-action TV or movie, I, I assume a TV would fit it better, just the length of the games alone, not to mention how much content they get for a show in there. Yeah, I got questions for you. Did you watch the anime version of Persona? Which? The, for Persona 5. Uh, I've watched a little bit. But I, I keep wanting to watch it, and I can. Like I believe it is on Crunchyroll. It's a Crunchyroll. I believe it's a Crunchyroll. And um, the only reason I don't though is because it's so close to the game that I'm afraid that when I do finally want to go back to Royal, that it's going to hinder yeah. my want and my drive to do that. Right. And I guess my second question is: Is have we? gotten through all the persona reveals because remember they were slowly revealing things because of the anniversary remember there was like i can't remember they, the year of persona and there was like count, yeah. x amount of reveals have we gotten through all those is there still like one or two left that we haven't heard from yet yeah i don't think we got all the reveals yet i believe it runs until this fall apparently so there could be more things again Always just holding out hope for Persona 6, yeah. even Logo, anything like that. So one of them uh, could be a live be. action series. Like, com it like could a, be. A confirmation of it, but I don't know. I I'd probably watch it. If they're just it. planning now, like it, but then again, it is Sega. They do weird announcements. So again, 
could just be a logo for the live action. So you're actually right. Yeah, I, I don't like I think it would probably be interesting, but it would be like I don't know, it'd really be dependent on like the budget <laughs> and like yeah. who you get as like like if it's just a whole bunch of random people, okay, that might be the way to go. Because I think your production budget's going to be super high to try and, like, are they going to, like, CG some of these uh, personas and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, I feel like, like you kind of have to. Like, practical effects to, right? for a million personas, it just seems too hard. So it's just, like, I don't know how... I, I'm, nah, it's doable. It's definitely doable. I'd probably watch it for sure, but mm-hmm. it would have to be based on, like, Persona 5, probably. Just yeah. based on my current knowledge of Persona. Yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. A movie would be cool too, because then that you'd think they'd get like a bit, bit of a production budget boost. But I don't know how you could fit anything substantial persona related into a two-hour movie. So yeah, I don't know. I this one's going to be weird. Like, is it going to be done like the Sonic movies where they kind of try to Americanize it? Yeah. Um I feel like with Persona, that could hurt it. Because it Probably. is so intrinsically tied to Japan and Tokyo specifically. Yeah. Um, so I would want, I'd hope they take the correct steps, but I think this could be awesome. Like, it's just more content that I definitely devour at my earliest convenience. Sony is launching gaming gear aimed at PC players. This one comes from BGC. Unveiled during a media event on Tuesday, the InZone line includes several gaming monitors and headsets. Although Sony describes InZone as a brand for PC gamers, the first gear announced is also compatible with PlayStation 5 and presumably other consoles. Aesthetically, the monitors and headsets are also designed to blend in with the PS5, according to Sony, which to me is not (laughs) a good thing, but okay. Sony's flagship InZone M9 monitor, which will release this summer for, let's just say, 900 Offers 4K resolution with HDR, 144 Hz refresh rate, and variable refresh rate technology. The cheaper M3, which is about 530 and coming later this year, offers 1080p with a resolution at 240 Hz. For PlayStation 5 users, the M9 monitor provides auto HDR tone mapping, which allows consoles to automatically optimize HDR settings, and it will automatically switch to cinema mode when watching movies and game mode when playing games. The headsets range from $299 to $99, <laughs> with the premium H9 offering noise canceling, 360 spatial sound, and 32 hours of battery life. The $229 H7 lacks noise canceling, but extends battery life to 40 hours, while the cheapest H3 is wired. H9 and H7 include on-screen indication on PS5, come with gaming and chat balance, and work with Tempest 3D Audio Tech. Speaking to the Washington Post, Sony's president of home entertainment products, Kazuki, acknowledged that the company was late to the PC gaming market and hoped to win over consumers with its premium products. In quotes, we are not saying we are not focused on the PS5 users, but because we are latecomers to monitors and headphones for the gaming segment, we believe we have a chance to catch up, Key said. I believe if top players from top companies mention, oh, Sony's in-zone is great, we can catch up. This is a lot of tech specs and dollar values. Uh, I'm interested. I like Sony products. I like their TV products. Uh, I'm excited to see what these monitors can do, to be honest. I think for me, it's just, um, and the 
the relevance to this article for us is that Sony's commitment to get into the PC gaming has never been stronger. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we've seen them do a lot of surprising things like Last of Us Part 1 announced for PC, uh, Spider-Man coming to PC, like just insane announcements that we never thought we would see. And all of a sudden, bam, now they're like, hey, and on top of that, we're going to get you some components that uh, might make your gaming experiences better as well. The prices seem pretty reasonable too, although I, they don't actually say anywhere in the articles how big the screen is, I don't think. True. So if it's $900 and it's 17 inches. I think it was inches, only like 20 something inches, if I'm not mistaken. Probably 27 maybe? 27 inches. Yeah, I was right. Sounds good to me. The headsets seem good. Am I going to go out and buy a headset right away? Probably not. The one I have is decent enough, but it's definitely something I would keep my eye out if I had to replace this one. Mm -hmm. Um, The monitor, maybe. I mean, my monitor is already pretty like badass, so let's be honest, but maybe a a second monitor to replace my old one, my old Samsung. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely something I'll keep an eye out for, for sure. For sure. Uh, But yeah, I just thought it was intriguing because again just their commitment it it's definitely changing my mind that uh, i was a bit of a naysayer in the past but i feel like moving forward we can definitely expect playstation to keep growing in the pc market for sure and uh and i don't just mean hardware i mean like software especially yeah when it first started it sort of seemed like it was just like uh they're just giving a couple token games to pc players just to try and get them to come over but no it's I'd say they're pretty well committed to the PC market as well now, so that's good. For sure. So we're going to move. Quantic Lab responds to claims that misled CD Projekt while working on Cyberpunk 2077. Game. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Quantic Lab, an outsourced QA provider, has responded to reports that it was not honest about aspects of its partnership with CD Projekt Red when the two were working on Cyberpunk 2077. The original report was published on YouTube channel Upper Echelon Gamers on Saturday, which alleges that, among other things, Quantic Lab promised a veteran team of testers would be assigned to Cyberpunk 2077, but instead gave the work to junior employees with less than a year of experience. The channel, citing an anonymous Quantic Lab employee as its source, also claimed the company told staff to report a set of numbers of number of bugs per day, resulting in CD Projekt being bombarded with details of minor performance glitches that distracted from work on more serious bugs and defects. Video Games Chronicle, also known as VGC, spoke to the QA firm's CEO, Stefan Sakarsiku, hopefully I'm just even near the ballpark on that one, who did not explicitly deny the allegations from the video, but did claim there were inaccuracies in the report. In quotes, the video published on social media, as mentioned in your article, states starts with incorrect statements about Quantic Labs history. There seems to be a lack of understanding in the process of how a game is tested before it's released to the market. He added the company works on over 200 games per year, many of which are from large publishers, and that it continues to maintain a quality comes first approach to all the work we undertake. I'm not going to say his name. Stefan also suggested Quantic Lab would not have been the only QA providers working on Cyberpunk 2077. In quotes, all our customers' agreements are confidential, but in general, 
global publishers are working with several QA outsourcing companies, not depending solely on one, in addition to internal QA resources at developer level in most cases, he said. Each project we undertake is unique with regards to project requirements. Project direction is agreed and adjusted according as per real-time requests with our clients. Quantic Lab always strives to work with transparency and integrity with all our industry partners. That was kind of a long one, Chris, but I think it helps clear up some things, or at least in my mind it does. And I think a lot of people were pointing the blame here, which I thought was folly even to begin with. Yeah. I don't understand why people are trying to blame, or not people, but this YouTube channel was trying to almost blame QA testers for the huge failures of cyberpunk and i just think when it's all said and done if you're trying to claim that qa testers killed cyberpunk and you're trying to say that none of the blame should be on a developer for releasing a broken game at launch if they didn't know about this why did they only release the review copies on pc the best running version they knew all about this stuff i get qa testers are amazing when it comes to like finding those small bugs that just don't always happen right it's that one out of 10 times where you go to do this mission, none of your other friends had this issue. It's just a glitch for whatever reason. It's specific to you. That's what QA testing's for. Not solely, but that's, I think, where they definitely, the the power in having multiple people testing these levels over and over again. It just works. But to say, like, you didn't know your game just doesn't run on a PS4 because QA testers tricked you was the dumbest thing in, at, right off the bat. I, I just, I looked at that, I'm like, this is so weak as an excuse. And then you go on and you get this report that is responding to these claims. And they're like, man, we're not the only ones that are even working on this game. So even if it was true to say that we were bombarding them with smaller, dumb like issues to distract them from actually getting the game running, it's like, okay, then what about all the other QA testers? So they're all in it. It's this giant conspiracy. It, this is such hogwash. It just yeah. is making me hurt in the head. No, it's, I mean, if you're new to our channel, <laughs> if, you, if you go back a ways, we did so many news reports and articles on Cyberpunk that, let, let's just get to the end of it. The upper management, they screwed up. They screwed and they've up admitted bad. they screwed up. And they've, we've also gotten articles about the developers themselves telling upper management that this yeah. game's not ready, this game's broken. So it's like, again, they were fully aware of these problems. It has nothing to do with Quantic Lab. No, no. It's such a shit thing that this was even brought up. Like, the QA testers, they do what they do. They do great jobs for the most part. They, they It's not like they just willy-nilly just like, okay, here, play this game, go look for bugs. Like, no, mm-hmm. there's there's processes out, out like outlined of like, okay, this is what we're testing for. Are we like... If I start this quest, start to finish, does it complete? Do I get the rewards that it says it's going to give me? Like, there, there's different ways they go about it. Audio, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I, it's just, uh, I'm so mad that this is even coming up at this point. Haven't we moved on by Cyberpunk? Who's still rolling around, like, flipping out about this crap? I, it just it gets me upset just talking about it. Like, move on. Yeah. We all, we all got p- screwed over by Cyberpunk. Even CD Projekt Red got screwed over by it. Like, let's just move on. Maybe one day it'll be playable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, no, 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 no. I scratched that. We moved on. We're to much better things. It's a blip in our history. Yep. Go play Bioshock. <laughs>
I'm just glad uh, Games Industry gave uh, Quantic Lab a chance to reply and yes. you know kind of blow away the haters. So yeah. anyway, we're gonna move on to our last article here. Corey Barlog insists that God of War Ragnarok release date is still on track for 2022. This one comes from VGC. Sony Santa Monica Studio creative director Corey Barlog has said that the God of War Ragnarok release date hasn't been delayed again. That means that the game's still on track to arrive in 2022. The PlayStation sequel has been the subject of intense speculation over recent weeks, with a number of reports and claims about the status of the game resulting in fans expecting an imminent update on the project. Earlier this month, Game Reactor claimed to have heard from European sources that God of War Ragnarok was being delayed to 2023, although Bloomberg subsequently claimed this was not the case. Last week, a reputable gaming insider who calls himself The Snitch, good name, also teases an imminent God of War Ragnarok announcement. In quotes, there was going to be a reveal, they told Kotaku on Wednesday, but Sony delayed it. It was not a state of play or a new gameplay trailer. That's all I could say. It's a shame. I'm more worried about the game. To me, it means it's not polished enough. So, Chris, there is so many articles about this this week. Like, it was hard for me to even pick one as source. Um, and, and the little things had little different details. Like, I think Push Square had an article where uh, Santa Monica was also coming out and saying, like, stop harassing developers, all that stuff. Uh, apparently... This one's odd. I think the four-year-old in me giggles a little too much about this because it is not good. I don't wish for anyone to do this, but apparently they were sending unsolicited dick pics to some of the developers uh, of this game, basically saying, like, here's a dick pic. Uh, can I get some information on this game now? <laughs> and I, sh I shouldn't be laughing, but, like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I mean, that's honestly what makes me giggle a little is like just how stupid and absurd that is and so Corey barlog had to like reply and be like stop sending like you should never send anyone a dick pic blah 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 like this is so like you know treat people like humans and to all that i agree absolutely like that is insane that you would send anyone ever it doesn't matter if they're a developer your math teacher i don't care just don't ever send a dick pic like honestly like that's just words to live by at that point but it was still mildly amusing just how stupid that person would have to be and like, I don't, again, I think the reply was like, did you, did you think this was going to work? It's like, no, no one ever sent you a dick pic thinking they're actually going to get God of War information. <laughs> Five because of God of War's coming out on Tuesday. Yeah. It's like, okay, the quality of this picture, the time you took, the lighting, all that stuff, the filters, sure, you get a release. No, that's stupid. That's silly. Um, And then there's just other things. Corey obviously coming out and saying like, guys, like I'm not even really working on this game. Uh, it's being directed by a totally different person. Um, but, you know, then he's kind of come back and said, like, no, this game's not been kicked out of 2022. Jason Trier has re-reconfirmed that, I think, this week as well. I mean, this thing's going on for days, and it's just, I think it's the same thing we were talking about before. We're just not used to games getting announced so close to launch. So if it is supposed to come out in November, like it's being rumored to be, it's just, it's abnormal for Sony especially. And I just think it's kind of got everyone so worried because we are used to just these date announcements years off. I mean, even Elden Ring, uh, it was quite a few months before release. And uh, I just think that's terrifying people. And we want a bigger game this year. Yes, we've gotten two major games. 
but uh not a lot not what we're we've unfortunately been spoiled to believe we should get in a year yeah sometimes the consumers they're just uh, a little too much <laughs> they yeah. uh, we play the first god of war we get confirmation that obviously there's going to be a sequel to it and right away the the nutso fans i'm going to call them that are up their ass trying to figure out when the next sequel's coming out and it's just like just give them the time they need to do what they're going to do it's going to come out it's going to be great I, I i guess for me i've never been like a super god of war fan so maybe mm-hmm. i'm not like as crazy about it like i really enjoyed the most recent one like quite a bit actually and am excited for the sequel apart from the stuff that we've talked about that we're not happy with but it's one of those things where it's like I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat. Like I need, I'm waiting for this to come out. This isn't. If you tell me like what are the top three games you're excited for, I don't even think I would think of God of War Ragnarok just because it's not. It's it's not my thing. Even though I'm gonna yeah. like I'm gonna love it, but yeah, you're gonna just leave them alone, man. Leave them alone. I will say that although no one should bother these people no. and and pasture these people, and I don't believe in any of that. At the same time, I do feel like a lot of this could have been alleviated by Sony just shutting the hell up and yes. doing exactly what me and you were talking about, waiting to announce these games. The fact that they announced this game with a trailer at one of their showcases, put sweet. 2021 on it, that's what caused a lot of this. If people didn't have those expectations of, well, it should have been out already, and like, what's taking you so long? And I know you're working on this game. They just would have shut up about that until they were ready at the start. Then all this, I mean, or at least a lot of this could have been avoided. So, I think we've said enough about that. Let us move on to review Roundup. This is where we give you those Metacritic scores for games that recently are releasing. And we're going to start with Outriders DLC World Slayer. This one, for whatever reason, only has reviews on PC currently. So, uh, take this with a grain of salt. But it's currently sitting at 75. 9 positive, 5 mixed, 0 negative. Then we're moving on to MX versus ATV Legends, a return of a classic in my heart. Uh, this is on PS5, unfortunately, sitting at 65. Uh, not a lot of reviews on this one. Two positive, two mixed, one negative. So it's almost a, a fair split between all three categories. Uh, F1 2020, goddamn. F1 22 on PS5, sitting at an 80. Not a bad score. 18 positive, three mixed, zero negative. And then lastly, DNF Duel on PS5, sitting at an 80 as well. 11 positive, 0 mix, 0 negative. All positive. So look into those games if you're excited for any of them. And there you go. So we're going to move up to the last bit of the show. Very short homework for this week. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through all the news that happened this week. So we give you the articles, the headlines, and you can go educate yourselves. So, like I said, not a lot this week. Overwatch 2 supports 120 frames per second on PS5. Different performance options and VRR. This one comes from Push Square. Kind of good to hear, again, even with all the backlash against that game. Uh, Ubisoft confirms Gamecom 2022 attendance. This one comes from Game Informer. Skull and Bones appears to be arriving in November. So, yet another game in November, Chris. (laughs) IGN. That's uh, luckily that was one that they didn't announce way too soon. <laughs> yeah, not at all. The crew for Sony's Horizon 2074 TV show includes The Boys and The Expanse Talent. This one comes from VGC, two shows that have high reviews. So, also interesting to know that Sony's calling it Horizon 2074. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fall Guys has 20 million players after free to play release. This one comes from Push Square. 
and action RPG Valkyrie Elysium rated for release on PS5, PS4, also from Push Square, and also rumored for November again, Chris. What are you going to do? So there you go. That is all your homework. That is it for the show this week. We're sorry. I can't pick and choose the news, uh, but hopefully we kept it somewhat entertaining for you this week as we just try to do our best. So thank you again for joining us. Thanks for giving us that time of yours. It's your most valuable currency. And the fact that you gave it to me and or Chris or combined, whatever, means a lot to us. So until next week, all we have left to do is say goodbye. I did my best. I did my best. I did my best. Bye. Bye. He didn't do his best. Video Games Chronicle, also known as VGC, spoke to the QA firm's CEO, Stefan. Holy shit. Sikarsku? 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 I don't know. Uh, Stefan... (laughs) Siskarskirku? <laughs> Holy shit, it got worse. <laughs> <laughs>